0: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting
1: ready to have a live special. what we
0: were trying to say. You got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at WaysWord. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 48 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud and various other platforms. So glad that you have joined us for this episode. Want to thank the folks at Cobank Homes and Kofi Bankers. You'll be hearing more about them throughout and uh, in addition to that, I want to tell you what's coming up in episode 48. We have the Silver Fox Kevin Allen in the building and back from the shores of Oahu, our own Hawaiian Sophie Kalina. She'll be in do some Sports E and uh, join in on the conversation. We'll have a ball in a fallen. We will have Sports E and our Lamont Award for the week, You Big Dummy. So all that and uh, some general conversation about what's going on in the world of sports. want to remind you guys, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, all lowercase. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, the fan page. Sports Talk with Devin Wade fan page, and the group page on Instagram, Sports Talk with D. Wade, and all of those ways you can reach out. And we want you to subscribe, to share, and to uh, like, and tell your friends about it, and and make them a part of the conversation. want to start by getting the Silver Fox Kevin Allen involved in the conversation. Well, it's All-Star Weekend in the NBA. It's a little past the half point of the season and the Houston Rockets are the best team in basketball. Is that just a statistical thing or is that a fact? Are the Rockets the best team in basketball these days?
1: Won't say the best, but it's 1A and 1B right now. So maybe you can't say, but it's 1A and 1B with them in Golden State.
0: And we talked about this on the Houston show. want to get your take on this. It seems to me that uh, the Golden State Warriors are more preoccupied with who they are right now and what they're going through. They seem to be, it's, it's sort of just trudging along and, and drudging along and trying to just get through the season. I personally think that they'll pick things up in the second half of the season, and we say that as if they're this bad team, but this is the first time since 2014 they haven't been the, the had the best record in the NBA. Uh, by the All-Star break. But, you know, so all of this is sort of pretty routine for them. I think that they could turn it up a notch. Uh, What's your take? I mean, we talked about should they be concerned about the Houston Rockets and are they concerned about the Houston Rockets?
1: I think they're concerned with the Houston Rockets as far as getting the home uh, court advantage. Right now they're half a game out of first place right now and Houston is leading the pack and Houston is really playing some great basketball right now. And I think with Golden State, with all the success that they've had, in the past, they've become a little bit bored right now, and it's hard to motivate those guys because, you know, they've been in the championship. you won two out of the last three trying to hear Coach Kerr, and you've heard the the message that he's put out over and over again. I think right now they're just a little bored, and they need something to challenge them here in the second half.
0: And it seems to me that without that, that gigantic challenge from the East and LeBron, I, don't, I think that they have – look then again this is just me projecting but it seems to me that they have looked across the way and they have seen a Cleveland team that does not look like a competitive team and I think that they have handled the Rockets you know historically and that they feel like okay we're gonna breeze through this thing there's no real challenge now again that's just my you know projection onto them uh, I think that yeah it is time for them to start to take the Houston Rockets serious Rockets may be able to sneak up on them
1: well um We'll see. We'll see what these last 25 or 30 games uh, has to say about that, uh, trying to sneak up on because Golden State is well aware that Houston has beat them twice so far this year, and they're going to have to really mash the gas and buckle down to, to get that lead back from the Rockets.
0: And, you know, there are other teams in the mix as well. Uh, but I want to go turn to to Cleveland right now. Cleveland with all the new pieces, feeling really good about themselves. Uh, just a nice boost of energy. Life is good in Cleveland again. And people are feeling like, okay, yeah, now the ship is righted. They've worked their magic. And LeBron will be back in the finals again. What's your take on what's going on uh, with that Cleveland Cavaliers team? Obviously, big wins against Boston, big win against OKC. Uh, what are your thoughts about LeBron and his, the, the new-look Cleveland Cavaliers?
1: Well, the new-look Cleveland Cavaliers look pretty good right now because, like we shared on the Houston show, uh, they've become a lot younger, they're more athletic, they can get up and down the floor, they're defending better. So uh, I want to see in the next couple of weeks what they're going to look like because right now they are on a high. And when you're playing on cloud nine, you're doing a lot of things. So now I want to see, because they're jacked up, so I want to see in, in a couple of weeks with those same shots that they're making now, will they fall? I know they're going to defend better, but uh, are those shots still going to fall from Jordan Clarkson? Rodney Hood is a streaky shooter. J.R. Smith is streaky as well. So and then what is it going to look
0: like when Kevin Love is back in the
1: mix? It's going to look great. Uh, he's going to be a, an integral part uh, with what he does. He rebounds the ball well. He can stretch the floor as well, so that does give – LeBron, that angle where he can get to the basket a little bit easier because he can kick out, and he's got those shooters that he so desperately needed uh, with Jordan Clarkson and Kevin Love can knock down the trade ball. And if GR Smith is on, then you have that other guy that can get you those threes uh, and match Golden State.
0: So now give me the Dark Horse team. Take the Rockets, Golden State, and Cleveland out of it. Give me the one or two Dark Horse teams that could jump up and and maybe make a surprise run into and get into the NBA finals.
1: Well, I really don't consider them a dark horse. Uh, we, we're still overlooking Boston. Right. And Boston is still right there in the well, mix. Well, you're
0: overlooking Toronto actually. But yeah, also I mean, uh, uh, and I say you know I did use the term dark horse, but they yeah, like you said, they're not really a dark horse. Right. Uh although again, they've not proven that they can beat Cleveland in the playoffs.
1: Well, I mean, right now you you got you, you where well, you have. Yeah. Uh, Boston that's right there in second place. You know, they hit a, at a bad streak right at the end before the All-Star break because you, you really need that break. You've been going hard since training camp. Your legs a little bit tired. You know, you have some injuries there. They've added Greg Monroe and trying to get him acclimated into the system. So they're still right there. I'm not quite sold on Toronto because of the the history that they've had. And, and they may be the one that can sneak up on on Boston or, or Cleveland. And then over in the West, you know, on any given night, anybody can win over there. Minnesota is what still I'm saying, solid. Who can win
0: a series? <clears throat> I mean, who? what teams can beat the Rockets or, or Golden State in a series? And, and I know – And again, that's what I'm saying.
1: I'm, I'm, I am would say Minnesota is still there. They're, to me, they're a sleeper because they – they can play defense, and they have some young guys. And Coach Thibodeau over there does a great job. But my guys are still like OKC. They're, they're scary when you look at Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. And then the one that everybody overlooks is Steven Adams. With those guys in the fold, OKC is still that, that one that can go get a series from one of these guys. What a
0: guys. team that I thought would be the second-best team in the Western Conference has been beat up by injuries, I mean primarily injury to their star and Kawhi Lennon. What does San Antonio have left in the tank?
1: Well, they still have a lot left in the tank. Whenever you have Greg Popovich leading your team, you, you're you going to be in the middle of it because he, he's a, a masterful tactician and he can he can go in and make those adjustments. Like I said earlier, you have uh, the, the Murray kid that's leading him at the point guard, which is he's just in his second year. And you have Kyle Anderson, who's relatively a, a role player, He's starting. You have, like I say, L.A. LaMarcus Allridge is playing out of his mind right now. He's really carrying that basketball team, and Paul Gasol is just solid. So you really don't have any outstanding players there that's really flashy, and Pop is still getting the job done. Okay. I think they're sitting in third right now, I think, if I'm correct. So in order to have Kawhi Leonard out, and that's your guy, and you're still sitting in the third spot, if it's some way that you can get him back the last 10 or 15 games of the year, and kind of get him some games on this belt, you can be scared.
0: Yeah, and I still think that they'll have something to say about it, especially whoever the, the number two team is in the West will probably have to deal with them. I don't think San Antonio can catch the Rockets or Golden State in the standings, nobody, or OKC. And I thought the with the injury to Boogie Cousins, that kind of diminished what could have been an interesting first-round matchup for one of these teams. Um, but I think, you know, with that team being so banged up that they, they're no longer a, a threat. Uh, I want to ask you do uh, uh, well, and we'll get into to the New Orleans Pelicans a little bit later on. I want to ask you. We got into the conversation about, and, and I know this is a national show, but it's been a big deal in Houston, the Houston Astrodome, and I mean, like I said, I, I want to reiterate and stress the fact that this is a, an important, iconic, historical building for this city, and I know that, like I said. You guys were less convinced of it, but imagine this city with, without the Astrodome. It's
1: a little bit tough. I mean, I, I always said I wouldn't have let it gone this long without I agree. anything happening in that in that building. But when you you build NRG, it's like the new clothes you buy. Okay, I'm going to wear these new clothes. And the old ones I had, I'm gonna push them in the back of the closet, and that's what happened with the Astrodome. But just like
0: vintage clothing, it comes back. It's gonna make a comeback after 105 million dollar funding, uh, measured by the Harris County, uh, com- the Harris County Commissioners Court. They allocated 105 million dollars, but I, it just, you know, you, you know, I have my push button. There you go. Things, the things that, that bother me, and and it started with a conversation about Shaq, and I'll get into Shaq as well, but. You know the Astrodome is much more than just a building, an old piece of architecture like if we're gonna value if other cities and other countries value buildings and sites and statues this is a a, a something that needs to be celebrated because it did so much for. Uh, the city of Houston. It was iconic in making it a destination for uh, entertainment. A lot of people came to Houston for the first time because of the Astrodome, because they wanted to see the Astrodome. And again, it goes past my personal nostalgia for the building. It's iconic and important to the city as a native Houstonian. And you grew up right down the street from it. And I mean, you realize how I'm, I mean, we kind of take it for granted, but we do that in Houston. I mean, we don't value anything in Houston. Like, there's nothing historic that we celebrate in Houston. I mean, they even pulled up the bricks in Freedman's Town. They don't, they don't <laughs> care about anything in Houston. Man, cemeteries go overgrown. You know, historic cemeteries. We don't care about anything, and it's a shame. And I think that you know we've gotten caught up in the nobody wants to spend any money on anything, but you're losing the value of who you are as a city. And for a lot of these young people that that uh, younger folks that come into town. You don't have any idea. You know, young people that come from out of town, you don't understand what this meant. This city wouldn't be this city today without the impact economically and really socially for what, for what that Astrodome has done for the city of Houston. So that's my little soapbox thing on, on that. Yeah, if
1: you look at it, Mr. Alfines had a had a great idea and great vision back in the early 60s when they got this thing going because they had to create this image for Houston. When I, I think the space city. So everything was dealing with space. You had NASA, and, and you think about the name. You had Astro World. You had the Astro Dome. So you know as times passed that kind of kind away. away. It's a little bit dated, but again, yeah. again
0: it's an important part yeah. of the identity of the city. But
1: see, you, to now. me, the Astro Dome was a big part of the city and getting it going. But you lo- you lost the little brother, little sister, Astro World. So you lost a piece of it because to me those were connected. You know, you'd be at Astro World and you could walk across the the little bridge and bit the Astrodome, right? So right. you you lose the bridge, you lose all of that, you know. You do you, you
0: know that there's still like Twitter sites and fa- uh, Facebook pages dedicated, websites dedicated to the Astroworld? Yeah, it's crazy. It was huge, like, man. Yeah, that
1: that yeah. was the first time I saw LL Cool J really? at Astroworld. <laughs> you know, I went these, to I, you
0: know yeah. what I went to Fresh Fest there. Yeah. A couple of years.
1: So you had a lot of things going on at those two places that were right across the freeway.
0: Yeah. So and, and like that, I said, that, more than the just thing. the entertainment and nostalgic value, That if they can salvage that and make it not only really celebrate a celebrated landmark, but make it uh, financially viable for the county, that would be really, really great for the city and uh, for Harris County as a whole. So, uh, oh, you know, I, we, I talked about the Shaq thing because Shaq, again, gets in his feelings about stuff that Charles Barkley says. He strikes me as a very – for him to be the big man and the big, you know, whatever, uh, and you are so sensitive, you're getting your feelings about so many things. Like, come on, man, you got You have to get out of your feelings, man. Well, you, you know, and, and it, you know, and you go back at Charles and you throw your rings up at Charles all the time, but Charles Barkley, pound for pound, is a much better basketball player. This guy is, what, 6'4", 6'5", and, and – worked himself into being one of the best power forwards in the history of pro basketball. And Shaq, you came along at a time where the iconic big man was starting to fade away, and you dominated an era with your brute force. You never really developed a lot of your skills. You didn't develop your your free throw shooting. And I just think that Shaq, for me, is so overrated. The great thing about him is that he was so big and so athletic. He could run the floor. But beyond that, I mean, I would take a, a number of centers before I would take Shaq, and that's that's just the truth.
1: I mean, he he was real dominant in his day, and he was great for the Lakers to go with Kobe because the inside outside that they had it was perfect. So he came along at the right time. Now I think maybe if he came along earlier, when you had when the league was center dominated, it could have been a little bit different. But he came in being so big, but it was you had to take him. But the NBA was changing with the faster game, so it just worked out for him. Timing was everything.
0: Yeah, and so like I said, that that was a whole thing. I mean, that they those guys seem to bicker all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want I do want to shift gears. I want to say good morning to the uh, Kalina, Kalina. You know we can't say we can't say Kalina anymore. We have to say Kalina. That is uh, that, that. That's a thing that we we've created. So when you talk about Kalina, don't say Kalina. Say Kalina.
2: Well, and by we. You mean you. You've created this. Well, yeah. Well,
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, it takes on a life of its own once you get on the podcast.
2: It does. Hello.
0: Yeah, I wanted to bring something in. And I don't, you know, both of you, I want to get your take on this. I do want to get something really, really serious. Something happened this week, and I want to pay tribute to a segment of our society that we don't think enough. Now, we know about the mass shooting in Florida. Yeah. In Parkland, Florida. And you kill seventeen kids. One of the uh, seventeen people, one of the victims, was a coach, Aaron Fight. And people talked about how important he was and how, for a kid. And I wanted to pay really tribute to all of the coaches. I mean, people—they're almost an unappreciated segment of our society. Kev, you—you work with AAU kids, and what I noticed about your web, uh, your Facebook page, is frequently these days. You post pictures with these grown men that came up through your system that you help not only on the court of play, but on in life. And I know you have the, the, your one of your guys that that at, at, at uh, Akron, yeah. and you talk about the lessons that you you teach them. And when we talk, we talk about a lot of basketball, but we also talk about these young men and what kind of young men they've turned into. And I just think that we need to celebrate. Coaches. So, if you're a coach out there, I want to. I really want to celebrate the coaches because, aside from my father, one of the most important men in my life was my my high school coach, Tim mean. Cotton, and and he wasn't the head coach, but he was, is a major major influence for what he what he put me through, what he made me endure, which I'm sure these days he couldn't get away with. They probably run him off campus, but <laughs> it was so important in my life. The role of coaches and and they just are massive figures in our lives. And this guy, he sacri- made the ultimate sacrifice to protect kids, uh, serving as, you know, like I said, a coach. I, I just don't think we say enough about what coaches do in, in our society.
1: I don't look at it like that, but sometimes it kind of grows on you. But the but the thing about it, sometimes that I have to laugh and I tell them, you know, I say, you guys are so close to me, you think I'm your brother. No, you know, they don't
0: think it, of you <laughs> as a brother. Hey, there you, you are go. definitely a father. There you go. <laughs> or a no, grandfather. No, no,
1: because it, it's crazy. And, like, some of the things they want to do, they want me there. They so, want you to part of the things yeah. that go on in so With So with, with, with what goes on. And it, it's funny because their parent is the key. And I've heard some horror stories in this AU deal, but I have never had any issues with those parents. The parents that I have, they are awesome, man. And these kids are well-raised. The parents are there for them. They're, they're, they're socially on top of it, academically on top of it. I mean, it's I it's, mean, and obviously we know great. the parents
0: are, are play an important factor, but at the same time, how many times has a kid come up to you and told you something that you said or a piece of advice you'd given them that you forgot you even gave them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that happens. When they say you remember you told me and you, may, you may be like, "Ah, I don't I don't
1: remember." But yeah, that now that does happen often. where well,
0: mm-hmm. they remind you things yeah. that so it, it lets you know that they were listening. They were listening. Cuz it's hard to know sometimes with kids if they're listening or not and they go, you know,
1: yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It, it's funny. I enjoy it because now I look back and I, I think I just posted some pictures. Like I, I think I posted this week we have a kid. That's a wide receiver out at LSU. We had one at the University of Texas, one of the middle linebackers at the University of Texas have my kid at Akron. We have Southern Utah, Florida International. I mean, they're everywhere. So to be this smaller organization and these kids are going to some of these schools is huge for our program. And some of the things that we do, they do take notice. And they come back and they call you three or four times a week, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, what are you doing awake? Well, we know you're up. So it, it's funny. And so, so we, you're
0: still giving life, life advice and life lessons. Yeah. And who was your favorite coach? Uh, I know you were around coaches out growing up and stuff. Who was, who was the coach for you?
1: My favorite coach, and it kind of gets teary for me, and that's Coach Robert Shaw. He was like the other father in my life growing up. Took me at an early age and uh, taught me so many things yeah. that I use today. I mean, man, it was awesome. What, and where was he your coach at? Cullen Middle School. I met him at like 10 years old. And I used to sneak in the gym when he would be practicing for my brother. And he brought me in, man, and some of the things. I and mean, I see you visibly I, moved. What is it that he did? It's, it's like just brought me in and, and taught me so much about the game of basketball and the game of life. And I use that today with my kid. And that was so long ago and obviously it worked because yeah. of what how he reached out to kids and it worked and i implement that today and it still work. Let me get but, you, get your
0: cleaners. Yeah. I mean obviously they play an important role in your life. Did you you have a, a coach or anybody like that? I mean obviously you didn't play sports.
2: Well, so a, a little bit of a secret. I did play a semester of tennis. obviously I was not good because I did not continue with it. No I didn't have somebody like that in my life but I I do see the impact of coaches in our society and I, I agree with you I do think that they are often overlooked but the things that that coaches do for for kids and I see that discipline and I see that that integrity in the players as they grow up and that stays with them as adults so whether or not their kids play sports or not um these players are instilling those values into their children so i really do think that coaches have a a really big part to play in our society
0: for you kev does coach uh, did you ever get the chance to convey does he know i mean because like i said you we're just having a conversation and it's it's done so much. Uh, it's brought back so much. Hey, were you ever able to com- probably convey to him what he meant to you? Of course.
1: Um, like I say, at an early age, used to take me to the house. His wife was super. Got to meet his kids, things like that. And then after some time, I kind of lost track of the kids. But then got back with the son. And when I saw Robert Jr., I looked at him, and it was like, man, this is this is your dad. Looked at him, but... I mean, he, he he touched me, man. He He's super.
0: In a different way because I had such a strong – my dad was just so – just present and strong and, and and just dominant. It wasn't like a lot of other – it wasn't room for a lot of other people to be my influence because he was my biggest influence because my dad was, you know, larger than life from, from a personality standpoint. But like I said, and he would just hand me over to the coaches and say, hey, you know, y'all y'all handle him if you get your, you know, you do what you do. He wasn't one of the parents to say, Oh, not don't talk to my son that way. And uh, like I said, Coach Cotton was, was the guy that gave me and I I promise you I hated his guts at different times. <laughs> and I just despised him at different points, but at the same time going through that that mental just that the Sort of overcoming and trying to win his approval type thing. It turned me into a better place, a player, and it, it made me better prepared for life. And taking criticism and going through, you know, the, the you know adversities in life. And so, I, and that's why I always recommend sports. But I did want to pay tribute to that coach, Aaron Feist, because again, he gave his life for those kids. And, and again, you know, you can get into all aspects of that particular issue, and and we won't because I, I tend to offend. Uh, I got into it with a with a paramedic the other day. <laughs> over, I did. I got into it with a paramedic over gun control. So, which again, I, I can go off on on a tangent on that. But because Kalina's here and she's already heard some of this, I think I don't know. No, man. But yeah, I'm I'm big on some forms of gun control.
2: <laughs> I bet you're not getting into. So there's this. a lot of subtext in what I'm <laughs> saying right now.
0: But I, so we won't go into it. But there's subtext here. It, 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 there are things that are being said that you can't hear uh, uh, but not you know but it's just another uh, big tragedy for uh, the, the the world I mean and for this country no doubt about that now I want to go to a segment that we call "Balling of Falling want to get you taken in, uh, Clean if you want to chime in on some of these you certainly can uh, balling of Falling Johnny Manziel comes out this week. He's trying his, his reclamation project. He's he's gonna make his comeback. He's gonna play spring football. He announced that he's bipolar. He recognizes some of his real real problems. He's getting treated for all of those things. He's getting himself turned around. Is Johnny Manziel's Johnny football balling or falling?
1: Johnny falling. Johnny's got to get himself together. <laughs> At one point, I was Johnny Manziel. I I love watching Johnny play, but Johnny kind of thought he was bigger than the game. And right now, Johnny's falling.
0: I hope he gets another shot because I I always want these guys to get a legitimate shot so you can legitimately see what they could do on the field. I never thought that he could make it in the NFL in the first place. I thought he was too small, too injury-prone, and I just didn't think that he could stand up because at some point, you got to be able to stand in the pocket. His game was the fact that he could evade all of the pressure applied by defenses and get out of the pocket. And I I didn't think he could make it in the first place, but I do want to see if he can get his head on straight. If he will, what kind of quarterback he would be in this league?
2: You will. You're always very optimistic, Devin. You're always like taking the people that are underdogs and saying, you know what, they're gonna win the Super Bowl or things like that.
0: Well, I don't like. He was never underdog to me because I didn't. I never liked Johnny. My dad liked Johnny Manziel, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I I do like underdog stories. You're right in that in that way.
2: Well, okay, so I didn't hear about him um, claiming that he he's bipolar, so I don't want to take that lightly. But let me put that not to the side, but just over a little bit and say what I was going to say initially. So I didn't I never liked him because when we just got through talking about coaches and integrity and the things that you instill in the players. And it's like it never took with him. So regardless of how well he did on the field in college, he was just not a person of of high integrity or moral or it's not moral character, but of character. Moral
0: character, too. Well, a little bit. I didn't want
2: to judge. Yeah. Um, so that, I knew, would never get him far in a professional sense. So while I admire him for getting help, I admire that he's trying again. If those things aren't fixed, if your character's not fixed, it's not going to work on the field. So i say that he's fallen. I
0: keep on well, falling. I am going to say that he's balling and, and that he may get another shot. Somewhere. In Canada... Maybe maybe a couple years down the road, we know this about quarterbacks. Quarterbacks can play till fifty. They will. David Carl you forgot that he was still in the league and he was in the league and got well, two Super Bowl rings with the New York Giants, uh, being a backup for fifty years. So there's shelf life on quarterbacks that they that, that you don't have in other positions. So I think that he's balling. I think that he'll have a shot at playing again professionally in the NFL. Though I'll give it a Small, 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 maybe a 10% chance that he'll play. I want to ask you about uh, Rajon Rondo and Isaiah Thomas. And I I want to ask you, is Rajon Rondo balling or falling for standing up, uh, for really carrying on his beef, standing up for Paul Pierce and this retirement thing? And let me set the stage for folks. So they were going to have a tribute day to Paul Pierce for the Boston Celtics. Then they end up with the trade in the offseason of Isaiah Thomas. They wanted to pay tribute to him and what he did. He went through a lot with that organization, and he really excited the fan base. He lost his sister, came back. His sister died on the playoffs. He came back and played. He was really like he had that emotional connection with the folks of Boston, much like you remember Kemp right here in Houston, yeah. like just like that. And they wanted to pay tribute to him on the same day, and he backed out before it got going. But a lot of old Celtics. And were offended, and even Paul Pierce was offended that they would salute those guys on the same day. Well, one of the guys who was apparently offended to the tenth power was John Rondo, and he took a chance uh, to be super aggressive, and and both of them, he and Isaiah Thomas, drew uh, double technicals as Isaiah uh, sort of endured his physicality, and he hit him in the face a couple of times, not punches, but you know he had his hands in his face, sort of thing. Is Rayon Rondo balling or falling for carrying on this beef?
1: Rajon is is falling. I keep
2: on falling.
1: And I like Rondo. Caring on this beef and the way that he went out on the court and just pushed IT to the limit, I didn't really care for because I think IT handled the situation great. I don't think you salute two guys on the same day anyway. Right. So that, that was an error that Boston Celtics made an error on. Now he didn't take up any beef and go after Ray Allen. Ray Allen made some comments about those guys and, and he didn't show up. So uh, I guess IT's the smaller guy so let me bully him.
0: I would say that Ray John Rondo is falling. <laughs> Ray john Rondo, it's some. I mean, I love his game and I actually like him for some reason, but he strikes me as really it's something wrong to do, man. He's I mean, they describe him as brilliant as a basketball player, but nobody wants to keep him on the team. He was in Sacramento, he was in Chicago. Boston, nobody wants to deal with this dude. What's the problem? What do you hear about him?
1: Well, with his temperament, no nonsense. And, you know, he can get into some stuff and get under people's skin. And you're like, hey, I'm not getting involved with that. And that can rub your teammates the wrong way. And I think that has. And he has that that name out in the league now that he's a troublemaker and nobody wants to be around him. So they'll have him for a year or so, and then they ship him out. They're not going to – whenever they get him – it's for a quick fix. It's not for hey, you're gonna be here.
0: Okay, and finally, balling or falling All Star Weekend. Now, I've been to four or five, maybe four or five All Star weekends, and I want to say ask you is All Star Weekend balling or falling? We can do it a couple different ways. You could talk about the the, the party scene, which I think that is ballin', ballin', balling out. But or you could talk about the festivities uh, with the All Star Game skills. Uh, the what is the World versus USA game, and then the All Star game itself is All Star game weekend balling or falling.
1: I think it's balling. I mean, because of the parties, and I mean, it's just a social deal. Everybody go out, hang out, kind of get a break in between the season. The festivities are great. I like everything but the game. I really don't care for the game. Game
0: may be better this year, well, may well, be better. Well, I'm well. holding out hope yeah. that the game will be better. And I say, I keep saying this if they go all or nothing for the winner's share of the All Star game, I think that that may up the ante a little bit and they can play with a little bit more intensity. Now you have the players pick teams. That could add to the intensity. I don't know. Would
1: it, would it, I, well, we'll see after this this game because to me it's like a trial right now. But from past history, the game is terrible. I'll watch it just to see how it's going to go. If the intensity is a little bit different and they're playing defense, then I'll watch it. But if it's the same thing, I'll change that channel. But like I said earlier on the Houston show, tonight's my night. Uh, the Skills Challenge, three points, slant. Now that's what I think. Levine uh,
0: was the guy that really brought that game back. What was the he deal, on? Gordon? He and Gordon, man, a couple years ago, that was phenomenal, mind-blowing stuff that I had. Ne- I never thought that I you could see guys do what they yeah. were able to do. Uh, your favorite. Dunk winner of all time. Who was your favorite dunk? Uh, you know, the it, slam dunk winner. It, it,
1: it's tough because Kenny,
0: Kenny, uh, Kenny Skywalker won here in Houston one year. Yeah, that was
1: terrible. But I, I mean, Dominique Wilkins is—he was raw, by the way. Yeah. Jordan never
0: should have beat him at what eighty-eight.
1: Yeah, and, look, look,
0: look, that was in Chicago too, right? Of course, Dominique, man, Dominique beat him. But man.
1: Dominique beat Spud as well. Well, so I, I would have gave it Spud. He's got raw, but see, he's getting raw. I, my though.
0: favorite, my favorite is Spud. With. My, I think my favorite slam dunk winner is. It's Budweb. I, I think so. I, I I, mean, you think about some of them. Vince Carter was phenomenal. Oh, my God. But these guys. Jordan Gordon and, and, and...
1: Vince is the best that I've seen it. But And Dominique a close second. I don't know, man.
0: I don't know. That's tough. I mean, and the people, are, of course, are going to say Jordan. But what these guys are doing, do not... Sl- if they were bigger names, if they played better, if they were stars... See, what made, you know, Carter and Jordan and Dominique so big, and even Dr. J. These were the megastars of the game to begin with, and then they entered this contest and and got some, you know, made it mythical almost. With these guys, if they had better names, I'm telling you, man, we. if you just look at what they did dunk for dunk, it was amazing yeah. what they did a couple of years ago. It was just unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like – I really laughed and in. Enjoyed that slam dunk contest in a way that was the best that I hadn't enjoyed a sporting event in a
1: while since the Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins type showdowns. That was probably the best that that I've seen. That was awesome.
0: So with that, we both agree. uh, All Star Weekend is balling, and we're gonna take time out now and wrap up the first half of the show. Coming up uh, in the second half, some sports e with Kalina, and we're gonna give out the Lamont Award. And, of course, this is episode 48 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes. TuneIn, and SoundCloud.
2: Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams.
0: Welcome back to episode forty-eight of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Uh, Devin, with you, also the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. Kalina is in the building, and uh, Kalina, Kalina, <laughs> uh, want to start a uh, want to do a segment with you uh, and Kev, for that matter, called Sports E. This week in Sports E, Sports e.
1: Entertainment. 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 The E is for
0: Entertainment. <laughs> This is where we uh, sort of combine the worlds of uh, sports and entertainment. Want to ask you a couple of things? Now, this is a big weekend. All-Star weekend is a big thing, uh, a huge deal uh, with celebrity and the, the athletic worlds colliding. So, you and, and now it's in LA this year, so it's really, really big. We already saw last night or yesterday uh, Jamie Foxx being interviewed. Uh, he was playing the celebrity basketball game, which I, I Kev, do you ever watch that the celebrity? I know Kevin Hart was big into that thing for a while, but anyway, Jamie Foxx was warming up and Michael Smith from ESPN was trying to interview him and he crossed the line. He asked about Katie Holmes. Now, Katie Holmes, for those of you who don't know, is Tom Cruise's Uh, ex-wife. That was the woman he had locked up (laughs) in, in exile, practicing Scientology for years until she escaped. Uh, and that'll be a movie one day. But, which is weird when you think about this. Jamie Foxx was in the movie. What was the movie with he and uh, and Tom Cruise where he won a Canada collateral Collateral. Collateral. Where he play, they were co-stars together. Yes. At the time, I think Tom Cruise was still with Katie Holmes. Yes. Now for years now, secretly, Holmes uh, and Jamie Foxx have been dating. Michael Smith took the opportunity to ask about that. And end of interview. did you see that?
2: Oh, yeah, it was it was hilarious. You know, and I know we talked a little bit about this, and I know you have a different take because you are from the media side. But here's the deal. You gotta shoot your shot because if Jamie would have responded to the Katie Home stuff either negatively or positively, like that is fodder. We could be eating that up. so i I do not fault Michael Smith for going for it. Yeah, Jamie walked out of the interview. I also kind of blame Jamie because they started like holding hands, Katie and him, started holding hands on a beach. Well, now your secret's out, bro. Now we're going to ask. So, you know, I thought it was hilarious and uh, good for Michael Smith for trying.
0: Well, see, I said that I thought it was a bad idea because, uh, like Kevin said, you, you damage those relationships and people don't trust you anymore. But the other part of that is you're not dealing with an athlete who you may be able to trip up on some things. Look, Jamie Foxx has been in the spotlight for 20 plus years. He is in the middle of this all the time. He's been in countless interviews. He knows how to avoid and evade. And I guarantee you, people told ESPN not to ask any Katie Home questions. But so you know,
2: I mean, yeah, he burned a bridge, but Jamie Foxx isn't in sports. So what, he does a, a celebrity game once a year. He doesn't have to interview Jamie Foxx anymore. So you just got to go for it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he went for it and he, he, he got lost. stoned. You know? He took an
2: L, and that's okay.
0: Well, you know, you, you were in Hawaii for, what, a week? Yes. Uh, how was that? How was Hawaii?
2: Um, was, how was
0: our 50th state? Uh, it
2: or forty
0: 49th state? Was Alaska 50 or Hawaii 50? I don't know. This is how dumb we are as Americans. I blame the school system.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the reason why I don't know if it, Hawaii is 50, Alaska is 49. I think it's 50, now. I yeah. think.
2: Yes, uh, it is beautiful there, as always. Yeah.
0: Your uh, family's from there.
2: My family's from there. I'm the only Texan, Texan born. Yeah.
0: So you got lucky.
2: Oh yeah, totally. I stayed. Uh-huh. I stayed in my grandmother's house. I didn't have to pay anything. No hotel fees. It was wonderful.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Now, what sport do they like? I mean, what is it? Something weird about their sports taste over there? Do they like the same things we like?
2: They like the same things. Um, you know, they have a lot of Hawaiian pride, so the Hawaiian, uh, University of Hawaii football team is big for them there. Uh, you know what they have, which is really weird? Um, high school lacrosse is really big in high school.
0: It's it's big in the suburbs here. It's not an urban sport. It's a suburban sport. Some of our private schools in the city of Houston have really good teams.
2: Yes. No, they do. They do. So they have lacrosse, a lot of soccer there. I
0: mean, I, yeah, i Wonder about that because again, it's so far from the mainland. The other thing I wanted to ask you about with the Olympics has has anybody seen any of the Olympics? You have you you caught some of it, kid? What what, what, I mean,
1: I kind of caught a little bit of it. It's kind of interesting to see the guy, what you call it, with they're on that little bitty board, the luge, whatever or the the skeleton. skeleton. You know what I'm speaking of? It's a a little board, yeah. I'm like, no, you're talking
0: about where they slide,
1: what they slide, slide the stone. Is that what it is? I'm like, man, this—I've never seen that before on a little bitty board like that. I'm like, where, where did this come from? Wait a minute, I mean, let's make I, sure we're talking
0: about the same thing. It's a little
1: board like this. And what happens? They're what? coming down the. the, the yeah, little, they, he's talking about the, the luge. That? The luge or the skeleton. What? I, I don't know what the name of because yeah. it was interesting, but I, I've never seen that the board so that small. So have you
0: never watched the Winter Olympics before? Man, I
1: like speed skating yeah. things like that. Uh, that that's the my. luge, is, or, is, or, or or the ones where they're coming down the slope and it. Go up in the, no, you go. like that from Wild World of Sports, there right? You go. The ski yeah. jumping, the yeah. ski jumping. I, I like those, I like ski things. jumping,
0: too. Because that's but with the lose, what's amazing about that in the skeleton is you are about what 18 inches off the ground doing 80 miles an hour at that top speed, they're like 70 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour going through that. Can you imagine doing that? 18 inches off the ground—it would be like riding underneath your car. We take some of these winter sports so for granted because they're so good at it. Coming downhill on a snowboard at 50 miles an hour is amazing, you know. And we take these things for granted.
2: Kalina, but, you can do that completely. Yes, of course, obviously. Wow. No, um, I, I definitely don't take it for granted because there were, we had a a woman in the luge. Who ate it? She
0: fell. She right? She fell. fell. Yeah, fell.
2: and it was scary. It's terrifying. You know they
0: have people got have gotten killed on those things. Yes, and the bobsled,
2: they mm-hmm. they died
0: like not so long ago.
2: Yeah, so I don't. I mean, I I admire them, but okay, here's my thing. I I watched a little bit of it. I like the ice skating. I know some of these things, I would argue, are not sports. They're all athletic, but like when we talk about what did you just say, the snowboarding. That's yeah. not. That's very subjective. There's not a an objective. Tons of object, objective elements to it. So I wouldn't classify it as a sport. So I like the. Well, things. I mean,
0: w- w- I wish one of you talking about when they do the half pipe thing, or you talking about when they race downhill over the moguls or whatever.
2: Oh no no the half the half. The half yeah that's yeah.
0: that that the sort of X game stuff. I'm not as big a fan, although they do the three sixties, eight, yeah. the nine twenties, or whatever. I mean, that is amazing. I would say it's a sport. It's just not my kind of sport. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. But you bring up ice skating, and this is the one I wanted to ask you about. This was in the ice dancing competition, right, which I don't know. There's a distinct difference. You're dancing on skates as opposed to, I I, I guess, you don't do all of the jumps. I don't guess. Well, it seems as though a duo, a male-female couple were reprimanded for some of the moves they do did during the ice dancing, they said that they were porno moves. Oh. So they had oh, it was bad, and I have to show you the video. <laughs> it was bad, and uh, well, it, and I'll describe it to the best of my ability. He lifted her up, and for about maybe a half second or to a second, he had her on his shoulders with her crotch with her crotch. As I turned away from the mic. <laughs> with a crotch in his face. Spread eagle. Yeah. So
2: she was oh spread it, eagle. It was
0: when you see the video, you like, okay, yeah. But they did it so fast that you know, like, okay. And then us who are civilians, we don't watch this stuff. So we think, Oh, that's just oh, that's just art. That's just the sport. That's just what they do. But yeah, it was it was crazy. So yeah. I want you to see that before you go I, mean, I need to
2: see that. I'm 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 not gonna watch the video now, but I am trying to get some still photos out of well, it.
0: Well, if you follow me on Twitter. Um, you I think I sent this to you on Twitter, by the way. Uh, and finally on the on the sports East side, and if you still want to comment on that when you see it, you can. You did get a chance to see Justin Timberlake do the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. What was your take on the Super Bowl halftime show you were looking so forward to?
2: I mean, tell the truth. I didn't watch it. I know. After all of that, after all of that, you know, so I, you
0: didn't watch the Super Bowl at all. No, what were you
2: doing? I went to dinner. I went to fancy dinner instead. So, I
0: date. would imagine, <laughs> I, I, it couldn't have been a date. Like <laughs> what on. man? Because again, would you? Hold on. Wait, would wait, wait, would wait, you wait. let your daughter date a man that would take her out on a date during the Super Bowl? Now I can put okay, up with a lot so, of things. So
1: you could put. So he, you know he what? He could have been a hey, Muslim.
0: He could have been. Hey, he, he could have been. See, you he didn't. He could have been a lot of things, but you didn't watch.
1: You didn't listen. She said she went on a fancy date. So you have to listen to everything. I don't everything. care what kind of date a it was. Fancy dinner.
2: Dinner. Dinner.
1: I tried but, to kiss. But I'm
2: it. saying on a fancy. Like, and, fa- and she
0: went. You should end that relationship now. Why? Are you taking a woman out on a date during the Super Bowl and it I'm, wasn't a Super Bowl party? But you know what?
1: I'm not. But see, she may have a different agenda. So now, no, what's you know, his agenda? Not, well, he may not like sports. Nah,
0: you got, I mean, even if you don't like, uh, what, I mean, I I don't want to get too much into your mix, but that, that is <laughs> that is not something you need to be doing. Oh, if the man, man is not, you mean this man is not watching? It's something wrong. Because every man at least fakes it. If you're not at work, if you're not at work doing Super Bowl Sunday. David, you're
1: missing it again. This man or whomever may like us so much, he had to make a choice. He sacrificed. Do I want Kalena <laughs> or do I want to watch the Super Bowl? So you know what he did? He recorded it. But <laughs> he went to the fancy dinner.
0: I would, If I were you, I would check his DVR. If you... If the relationship to the point where you could check his DVR. You need to check his DVR and if he does not have a Super Bowl taped in his queue, well, you need to walk away. Let's take You need to just walk ten, away.
2: Let's take 10 steps back. There is a really big assumption that I was on a date. I never said that. I said I went to a fancy dinner. However, if I were I on the, know. <laughs> <laughs> If I were on said date, I'm sure that this said date was so Get it out! Whatever it it is, it was so bored and so disgusted with another Patriots and Eagles like this. It was so bored with the teams that were going to be playing as I was that we that a fancy dinner was preferable over watching the Eagles and the Patriots play.
0: Not good enough. What? Not good enough.
2: I'm with them on that. Listen, it's a ritual. It's
0: a rite of passage. It's like it's it's our. It's like Thanksgiving. It's like football on Thanksgiving, unless he's from Hawaii. If, if he's Hawaiian, maybe I don't. I don't. It was a time delay, and it, then you went to early dinner. Oh, we oh, dinner lasted too long. We missed the game. I, I no nah. no okay, but he, walk he, away. No,
2: no on, but on. the truth is, I'm. Not, I will not say if it was a date or not. I went to fancy dinner, but. I, I did not want to watch it. I was like, I'm so tired you of the Patriots. You missed one hell of a game. It
0: was oh, really good. Oh, come on. No, really? it, was great. it was a great game.
2: I know it's a great game, but it's a it great would, game every time. And I like—I don't want to see the Eagles and the Patriots play. Get your underdog in there. Get something else see, going on, and I watch.
0: Get the Texans. No, she wants no. This she wants get
2: the Texans. She wants the underdog.
0: backstory. She wants the uh, guy that she can root for. A guy who who, uh, who who's cute. Who uh, well, yeah, that and a guy that's who 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 look who raised dogs or some. Uh, he has a, a special connection with Lassie or something. and that's the guy she's gonna. <laughs> And watching them. That, And see that's that's so stereotypical. Don't be a stereotype. No. roll up your sleeves and Wouldn't watch the football. Wouldn't it be football.
2: amazing to watch like the Browns and the Dolphins?
0: Well, a they she couldn't. one ma- the Right, <laughs> and, and they couldn't have met the Super Bowl because in the same conference. Well, wait, but you're Emma, learning. I'm, yes,
2: you're- I'm learning. But you know what I mean? Like just two god awful teams playing against each other at the Super Bowl. That would be amazing to Man, me. Man,
0: look. Let me ask you this then. Okay, so so you don't have to tell me where it was. How expensive was the bill?
2: Oh um, no, no, no I, no!
0: I do want to get into that because that maybe if it's if it's over a certain dollar, amount I'm like, well, maybe maybe she couldn't miss the game for that.
2: No, I no, I don't mind saying where it was. So in Houston, there you don't is. Have to get into that. No, you don't have to
0: say where it was. What okay, was, okay. you can if you want to. Well, but what was the bill? How much was
2: it? Wow, I'm not gonna I say a bill. Actually, actually. Um, I was there with a friend, and uh, I paid for it.
0: Oh well, no! No! Hey. Oh no! It well, is your home. It is the 21st day.
2: century. Yeah.
0: We're in a new day. We are in real. a new day.
2: I took the bill, and my friend but she was wanna like, "You didn't ask for coffee. I said I'd pay for the dinner." So it was it was delicious, and uh, I ordered liberally.
0: Okay, well, balling out. Good for you. I am balling and uh, not falling. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should've ate some wings and watched the game. So, with that, we have a new segment that we are calling the Lamont Award. I don't want to
1: wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboat and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you.
0: <laughs> what was Lamont? Big dummy. He was a big dummy. For this week's Lamont Award, the Big Dummy Award goes to Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram trolled all of us, and I, I'll take the bait on this one a little bit. Talked about LeBron and Kevin Durant. saying some very negative things about Donald Trump. They were honest, and they were correct. But they took shots at Donald Trump. And she basically said, among other things, that, oh, these are the kind of opinions you get when you leave. uh, You go pro after high school and you don't go to college. uh, And they should just shut up and dribble a basketball. Did you guys see that? Kelena, what were your thoughts on Laura Ingram's take on on, uh, LeBron and Kevin Durant having an opinion about Donald Trump?
2: I have so many choice words. I'm going to limit them to it is so hypocritical. First of all, she said that LeBron James was being ungrammatical and like <laughs> ignorant or something like that. And I'm I was just thinking, really, objectively, objectively people, do you read or listen to Donald Trump's tweets? Are they not ungrammatical and not bigly
1: <laughs>
2: and not structured? His sentence structure is horrible. So why are you talking about LeBron James when your president, your president chick, can't do the same thing. And she
0: referenced the, the language because they did use profanity in it. Well, hey, hello. <laughs> hello. How many? How many?
2: She called it R-rated. It was like two words. So grabbing
0: women, you know, by oh. whatever, that's not R-rated? You know I mean? And Come you can on.
2: turn on any station and listen to it. And I, I love that uh, what she said at the very end that it was a lesson for kids yeah, you said to say in high school.
0: Oh, to go to college. To go or to whatever, college, yeah. yeah. That I mean, and shut up and dribble a basketball. Shut up and dribble or something.
2: I mean, to to her credit, because I am going to mean, a little bit of it, she is on a station where that's all they do. They they don't have to say anything logical. They don't have to say anything intelligent. They just have to go and find people that go against their stance and troll them.
0: And that's what she. And that's what hit. she did. Yeah. What was your take on it?
1: I was surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised.
0: I mean, and I know deep down you weren't surprised, surprised.
1: No, I mean, to say things like that, just shut up and dribble a basketball, and, and you know, there's no backlash on her. You know, it, Well,
0: there was some Twitter backlash. She, yeah. she caught the business. One of them was about how much. Uh, and, and what I didn't like is to discredit and dismiss LeBron like he's just a basketball player. Right. This guy is, is running an empire now. Co-produced The Wall, a television show uh, that one of my tweeters brought to my attention. He's a part owner of Blaze, the pizza company. He has his own production company in Hollywood. This guy is a a mover and a shaker that transcends basketball. He used basketball to do what all these other things that he's doing. He's a really intelligent businessman in ways that the NBA hadn't seen before. He's the kind of the Floyd Mayweather of basketball. I mean, in the way he's transitioned. Well, I maybe mean, in actually, that's taking a shot. Uh, at lebron because he's much better than mayweather mayweather negotiated and made the most out of boxing what this guy has done is taken his brand as a kid that came out of high school and put all his friends maverick carter and those guys and they have built up an empire that they've diversified their portfolio when the basketball is over he's more than fine he's in great shape so from that standpoint. You cannot be critical of LeBron at all.
1: Just saying, like I was going to piggyback that part is just saying he's just a basketball player and what he's done and created. Not sure if she does her homework.
0: Yeah, and I think ultimately she just did it for effect and just to do, just did it to uh, to get some clicks because she got clicks because I clicked on it.
2: Yeah, and I think I mean I half expected her to call them boy, like the way that right. she was talking about, which is funny because they directly in that interview talk about Trump's racist comments didn't. I mean, she she just didn't want to have a real conversation about it, and that was yeah, the situation.
0: Yeah, a, a selective thing. For that reason, Laura Ingram is our big dummy of the week. You big dummy. With that, before I let go.
1: Before I let go.
0: Before I let go, I do want to ask you guys about that. I don't know if you heard. If you want to dislike the Houston Texans a little bit more than you do now, for those of you who are not Texans fans, Go and listen to the Aaron Foster podcast featuring Dwayne Brown, where he talks about how he was treated by the Texans organization. I have to say this, Dwayne and even Aaron Foster to an extent don't really understand the nature of the game and how cutthroat it is. I mean, they knew, they do know now but because they lived it, but I think that they almost were a little bit naive to believe some of the things or have some of the perceptions that they had about this process. The NFL is a cutthroat deal. But one of the things that he brought out was how after President Obama was elected, Bob McNair took the opportunity to address the team and says, well, I know... Uh, many of you are happy today, but, hey, we didn't want this, but we'll get through this Obama era. And so it speaks to what we talked about, the racial issues that the Texans have and they and how they try to control their image so much. And that's one of the reasons why I have not been a, a Texans fan, Kev, much of the same way. I don't
1: particularly care for the Texans because of the Vince Young deal. I'll, I'll just say I didn't think they wanted a black quarterback. But they got one. Then. But they had to get one because it, it saved them. If it was any way possible that they could have went around that, they wouldn't have drafted Deshaun Watson. And I don't really particularly care for the Texans because of the way that they handle it like that. I think they want to control all of their athletes, and it's a certain type of athlete that they draft or they go after on the free agent market. If it's any way that you kind of borderline on that edge. You won't play here. well. What
0: he said, and, and you have to go back and listen to it. But he said basically everybody else was afraid to speak up when he spoke up against the protests. Uh When when Bob McNair said we can't let the inmates run the prison, that's when he spoke up. He said because a lot of guys in different points of their career couldn't speak up, and I'm like. Effort. I'm gonna speak up, and uh, and he did. So if you get a chance to check that out, you can go ahead, Kalina.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I know that is very specific to the Texans. There's reasons to not like the Texans, just from a um, what we do as far as like on the field. But I, I lump that into all that Bob McNair stuff into the sins of the NFL. Like when you talk about the owners, when you talk about some of the managers, like it's just all lumped in together. They're all kind of disgusting and corrupt and and we've talked about that before on the podcast but i didn't i wanted to say like there are legitimate reasons to not like the texans athletically but all that other stuff is kind of political Well,
0: if yeah, if the owner is a racist it's kind of hard to cheer for the, his team and it's, th- it's h- kind of hard to put money in his pocket
2: oh no i'm not gonna put money in his pocket yeah
0: well i mean so and there's that so um
1: i
2: thought kalina had season ticket
0: <laughs> no no, she doesn't go to games. She goes to the fancy dinners. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, my okay, <laughs> I, I, my bad. I, yeah. I, I I forgot. And she I'm, treats. So. And she, But hold on, don't don't let go yet. I'm amazed you you treated as well at the fancy dinner, David. I might have missed the Super Bowl. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, well, you know, hey, but there's that. So how can folks get in touch with you, Kev?
1: They can reach out to me on Twitter at at, at Allen Allenron10. I'm sorry, you can reach out to me. Facebook, friend me. I, I go Facebook Live. Devin tells me that yeah. I, I'm a junkie now, so uh <laughs> just try to reach out and, and have a little fun with it.
0: Anybody want to say, say hi to real quick?
1: Uh, Not really today. <laughs> not really <laughs> okay. today, but I'm going to leave out here today. I'm going to see if I can get me a fancy dinner. <laughs> and, do, and I'm going to leave my wallet at home. There it is. <laughs> How can folks
0: uh, reach you, Kalina?
2: Uh, I am on Instagram. At SoCally, I'm also on Twitter at SoCally underscore S. And, you know, just for my millennials out there, if you have Snapchat, I'm on Snapchat, too. It's So.Cally.
0: Well, there you go. And those are all the ways you can reach her. Of course, on Twitter for me, at Wade's Word, Sports Talk with Devin Wade Page and group on Facebook. And of course, we want you to continue to comment, like, and share the podcast. We have some uh, great guests coming up in the near future. We can look forward to that. But I want to hear from you guys: what segments you like, what don't you like, uh, where in the country are you' listening. I want to hear from you guys, and we so we can talk about your teams. So, with all of that, I certainly appreciate you taking time to join us, and looking forward to more great podcasts. And as always, have a great day.